When you lift a ticket before you kick it, it's pretty important to power your adventure with the right nutrition. Not just when you decide to take on the biggest physical and mental challenge of your life, like I did retracing the 1928 Tour de France, but also as a part of everyday living. Working overtime on a double shift, running the kids all over town to their sporting events, adding a few more extra miles to your weekly hike, or, or getting sleep deprived with a hectic travel schedule. Bucket Nutrition is now an official sponsor of our podcast, and just for you, we're going to give you a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. Go to BucketNutrition.com and use promo code BUCKET10, that's Bucket with an I-T-10, and you'll get a 10% discount. Great tasting, high-performance nutrition to help you take it before you kick it. It's November 2017. 12 rounds of chemotherapy, 8 weeks in the hospital over 9 months, this husband and father of three sons is fighting for his life with a rare form of blood cancer. A CT scan reveals the return of the tumor, and the chance of surviving has been shot. He has 6 to 12 months to live or find a cure overseas. But that was then. Cut to August 2019, and in front of me is what can only be described as a living, breathing miracle. David Downs, a New Zealand author and comedian who today has a whole lot to laugh about. I knew I couldn't go back. Your you life. just put it out there. She said you've got less than a year to just live. Even Luck is the residue of design. Nobody else was doing it, so I couldn't. That I. was the turning point. Welcome to the Bucket Podcast with Phil Cogan. Every week I talk to mavericks, disruptors, and innovators. People who ditch the excuses, swerve off the predictable road, and epitomize what it means to tick it before you kick it. It's like when you're planning a holiday, yeah? It's the same sort of concept. When you're planning a holiday, you get to enjoy that holiday three times if you're good. Yes. One is when you sit down and go, where should we go? What could we do? Think of the possibilities and you kind of go, oh, it's great. And then you get to enjoy it when you're doing it. And then later you get to reflect back on it. If you do that sort of same pattern with almost everything in your life, you actually, your whole mind is always filled with this kind of positive emotion and optimism. In January 2017, New Zealand author and comedian David Downs resolved to lose weight and spend more time with family and friends. A few weeks later, he thought he'd come down with the flu, but tests revealed that David had advanced blood cancer. He went straight into an aggressive course of chemotherapy. With family and friends supporting him, David endured a grueling year-long journey filled with as many dramatic twists and turns as a Hollywood movie. Early in 2018, I caught up with David in L.A. He'd just taken part in a clinical trial for CAR-T cell therapy in Boston. It was his desperate last-ditch attempt to save himself after being told he only had a few months to live. One year later, here we are again, sitting at my kitchen bench catching up, sipping New Zealand wine, and talking about his second chance at life. So, David, last night... The New Zealand Consulate General yes. introduced you and you told your story because yeah. since last we spoke, which was about a year ago, wow. you have continued to live. Yeah, good news. Yeah, which yeah. Is great. Otherwise, this would be a very short podcast. It would be very short and we would have to hurry it up, yeah, hurry exactly. up, hurry up. He's still not saying anything. 18 yep. months since you were told that you wouldn't live. Yeah longer than a few months you're still living you're alive and kicking not only are you alive and kicking but you've turned up today we're celebrating with a nice glass of 
we New are. Zealand Pinot Noir. And yeah. your book is out on the shelves. It is indeed. Which is called A Mild Touch of the Cancer on the back. It says, A Mild Touch of the Man Flu crossed out and then says cancer. Because I thought it was Man Flu originally, you see. And then I realized it was a bit more serious. As it, if it could be more serious than Man Flu, which is pretty much an epidemic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You Not, would know. I mean, you would know. Yes, I've is, been the pathetic man sick, and yeah. women do sick much better than men. They do. Let's just yeah, be honest. They don't know what we go through, though. As we as we get older, <laughs> we realize just how tough women are. That's right. Exactly. You got more and more admiration, and all how the time. wimpy we are. However, I do <sighs> want to say, yeah. you did some hard yards when you were diagnosed with cancer and you yep. battled a true battler and you refused to give up and that's why we're still here because you refused to give up that's right i did and, and uh, i was so lucky to be able to like put out a book now with all of the the stories of how i got through all that and you know 18 months later as you say it's been amazing to look back and uh, realize that that that's it still feels so present to me but actually it's rapidly going into the past if I could be so bold as to try to sum up your cancer experience. Oh, go on then, yeah. Um, got cancer, from, lived. Yes, got cancer, you lived. Were a little bit longer than that, okay. That's like yeah. the Reader's Digest version. Yeah, that's the, 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 con- <laughs> the, the uh, compressed version of it yeah, all. Yeah. But uh, you, you got lymphoma. That's a, right. A particular type of lymphoma that at one point you were told in New Zealand yeah. was not curable. You, they told you, David... We're sorry. We've done everything we can. We're out of options. There's nothing else you can do. That's right. And you became internet doctor, went online, yeah. self-diagnosed you know, a solution or a cure by putting it out there that you would be available. And or once you put it out there, you were then contacted yep. by someone who knew about a clinical trial that was taking place. Yep. This person then put you in touch with those people who were doing the clinical That's trial. Right, at Harvard Medical in at Boston. Ha- Harvard Medical in Boston. You go out there without really thinking about, well, hold on a second, how much is all this going to cost? That's right. I did get a return plane ticket, so I was pretty confident I was going to get back. Okay. Yeah. And then you are bold enough as a Kiwi yeah. to negotiate the price of this treatment, yeah. which you are told is $1 million dollars <laughs> one million u.s dollars that's right so for a new zealander a tremendous amount of money about a hundred million pacific pesos yep and can you pick it up from there because i love what you said which was do you mind if i kind of pay a little bit down now and then when i'm cured <laughs> you can have the rest when i'm better <laughs> when i'm better and they saw straight through that one but it was worth a try you know it was yes. worth it. and i said can i have a discount for cash yeah. And they said, do you have the cash? And I said, no. But if I did, could I have a discount for cash? Right. You know, so you've got to... And I didn't realize, but this is the thing in the in the health system in the US is that you can negotiate a little bit. Yeah. It's not necessarily true where I come from. So it was a bit of an unusual unusual situation, yeah. Right. But yeah, that's the story. You've got it right. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so you you negotiate and they say, yes, it's you, we can negotiate directly with you because yeah. we're not going to do this through an insurance company. Yeah. So you got a little bit of a, you know, discount. I did. You didn't get the marked up insurance plan. Yeah, uh, no, price. I mean, far be it from me to cast any uh, doubt or aspersions on the on the medical industry, but it does seem that the, the the prices when there's a medical insurance company involved are a little bit different. 
and so in the american system so i was a self-payer so yes. you know I, everything was was on me so basically yeah they were a little bit more willing to negotiate and i was also very lucky because i didn't have any of the uh, what potential side effects i could have had so there was a lot of things that were sitting there that could have happened that would have cost a lot more money that i didn't need to pay in the end luckily and your wife catherine was prepared to at one point sell the house yeah yeah uh to have enough funds yeah and and tell me what what she said to you because yeah. you said oh no you can't do it's that it's a beautiful thing because Kath, so Catherine's idea was well because we had this problem and we, it was a really short amount of time like we had a couple of days to make mm-hmm. a decision and Catherine said well we've got nothing else to do we've got we're going to have to sell our house and we don't own the house fully because the bank owns some you know some mortgage and everything but if we sold the house we'd get enough money and we could we could pay something and I said, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. And I was sort of thinking through the options. Well, Because if we sell the house and then spend all our money and I go to Boston and then I die anyway, then you're left with nothing. Like, you're bankrupt. And she said, that's not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario for her was you don't sell the house and I die. And she spends the rest of her life wondering what might have happened. Which is just like, I get quite choked up when I think about it. It was mm-hmm. a really like really frank you know discussion one of those kind of moments in life that's really pure clarity because when you have that kind of conversation you go okay so we're really doing this yeah we've put the house on the market um to sell and had real estate agents coming around and we had to tell the kids and the neighbors and all that sort of stuff um so it was a really difficult time but luckily in the end just to complete the story we haven't had to sell the house yeah Uh, we managed to um managed to a the price as i say we negotiated down a bit and b some you know lots of friends and family chipped in to help and then b we were able to get some money together to actually pay the balance and stuff so it's been that's why i feel so incredibly blessed to go through what i've been through and be able to come out the back not only alive but actually not bankrupt thank god the last time you were here and for those people who have not heard david's great conversation with me last year it is up online it's available wherever you get your podcast you can also see the video version at philcogan.com you were talking about that through your experience uh, with cancer and the way that one of the ways that you dealt with it was doing was doing these blogs, which yeah. was your wife Catherine's idea. I understand. That's right. We just well, I, we I, the day I got diagnosed with cancer, I thought, oh, and I had to stop everything, basically stop life. I thought, well, I can't lie here feeling useless for the next six months. So the thing I can do is write. So I basically got out the laptop, wrote a how I was feeling, kind of what the experience of what the, happening that day, mm-hmm. and I sent it off to a to an online newspaper and they um, they wanted to print it or publish it and and I just kept going. Every week I did another one and another one. And, another and you one. were saying last night that there were literally hundreds of thousands of people around the yeah. world yeah. who were connecting with you. Yeah. And just the idea that today in 2019, you can connect with a community like that. Everybody yeah. we know. Yeah has some connection to cancer, right? I mean, you, oh, you cannot so meet prevalent. anybody who doesn't know yeah, somebody Yeah, either themselves or their friends or their family or whatever. And that was why this this was getting shared because people would read it and, you know, they'd like and it. And you made them laugh. Jing, 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 hopefully made them laugh. Well, you yeah, did make them laugh. Yeah, well, and, that, and that was what was cool. And I still get feedback today. Like people are sending me messages and saying, oh, this is exactly like what I went through or I'm seeing my sister do this and and so i was getting that positive feedback all the time as well which was great did it sort of open up those feelings again of hopelessness at points at, at points times it did it absolutely 
because there's some bits in there where I, you know, I was, I wasn't bleak, but I certainly thought that, well, we're up against this pretty serious challenge at this particular point in the story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, reading it again, you go, oh yeah, that's right. This is this is the way we were feeling. And I, I remember, you know, uh, having those experiences, talking to Catherine about it, you know, thinking about what my children were going through at the time. So I'm glad that we have that kind of real time narrative going through. Although it does play out a little bit like a, you know, like a, a Hollywood story because it basically gets to this really bleak point and then suddenly this kind of new opportunity opens up everything about your story plays out with a perfect beginning middle and end you've got your first second and third acts right you know i mean you you have everything everything that's needed for a great story which is why this book is so beautiful and i want to say uh where can first of all where can people get this book if they want because i think this is a great gift for people it would be well hopefully it it helps people who are going through cancer or going through it's not even just about cancer it's kind of about facing a life challenge and and trying to do it and being a battler and being a battler yeah Yeah. they can buy it online so you can get it at uh if you google mild touch of the cancer i'm sure you'll find it uh and it's on amazon kindle and it's on audible as well i i crazily decided to record Did you it as really? an audio book the whole yeah. thing yeah i oh. thought typical me i thought oh yeah how hard can that be oh my god it's quite hard work because really? you've been in a studio for like four hours four days it was of talking to myself and thinking oh my god i'm going mental wow your yeah. book is on audible it is yeah i yeah. love that yeah i i would actually prefer to hear your voice right then look at my face <laughs> then then, then, <laughs> then read but i do prefer listening to stories than i do reading yeah it's a great format actually and it allowed me to sort of tell the story like because when i write it's like you know, when they write they sort of think about how they like the the timing and the meter right. and stuff like that again because i used to be a I used to be a stand-up, you know, comic, well, you're still comedian. Funny. Still, you, have, yeah. you haven't lost your yeah. funny. But anyway, it allows the cancer you to didn't out. take your funny away. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, actually, I reckon the tumor was really helpful. Like, <laughs> I made the point that when I hope when they take the tumor out, I don't lose some of the sense of humor because it was, you know, I was able to see everything through this kind of funny light. But luckily, it sort of stayed behind. Thank God. So you did the you did the audible, and I want to yeah. say the book is the pages, the paper. I don't. I mean, how much did you good spend on getting this really good quality? Oh, paper. only the finest quality. Feel the quality. Yeah. I can feel it passes it. the weight test. That's what I always think when you buy a book. If you're going to you know, spend you know, 30, 40 bucks on a book, you want it to feel like it. You've, yeah. pa- you've paid money. So yeah. And listen to this. That's oh, a heavy book. Yeah, wow. that's a heavy yeah book. but please don't do that again. It's starting to sting my bum. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a heavy book. And, and I understand self-published. Self-published it. I'm giving all the profits to um, charities. So cancer-related charities. Now, yeah. you have a goal to raise a million dollars for a charity. I That's do. something that I put on my bucket list. Really? Yes. Awesome. Well, you can help out and we can do it together. And, um, and it, it won't be coming from this book, let me tell you, because you don't make a lot of money out of books. But uh, yeah, I've said, I said to the, the, I want to raise a million dollars. I'm about a quarter of the way there. And so that, that's, you know, it's going to take a while, but that's, that's one of my next you know, big goal. I've got to climb that mountain. I love that you want to do something for other people. And one of the things that came through in your your talk last night to everybody was just sort of understanding that you really are, you're like a pioneer. I mean, one day, wow. yeah, I was talking to uh, Louise, my wife and producing partner about it on the way home. And we were saying, you know, one day they're going to say, David Downs was a pioneer in this, this research. Like he, put his, he put gave his body on the body line. On the line. Anything could have happened. <laughs> Anything could have happened. Well, there's lots of people like me. I mean, that's the thing about clinical trials is they need patients I was one of 180 in my particular trial, but there's been two or three other different companies doing the different trials. There's a few hundred people who are, you know, going into this unknown, and that's how science progresses. They've got to go into the unknown. They've probably got to go further than they want to sometimes, and it's going to have a bad effect on people. 
But if it doesn't for the patients that will put themselves out for that, you know, then we won't make that sort of progress. So I'm lucky to be able to do it. And for me, you know, I've got a really fantastic results and not everybody has that result, right. unfortunately. But, you know, the scientists and the, and the medical people will learn from everybody as they go through this. So, yeah. I think I am a pioneer, You're right? Okay, yeah, I'll take that. David, the Thank pioneer. You. As you said last night, you feel like, in a way, a better person. You feel yeah, like, you definitely. know, it's not that you would ever wish this on your worst enemy, but but you feel like, you know, not that you're happy that it happened, but no. something good has come from Absolutely. what Absolutely, and I think people say that, and it, and it sounds like a cliche because it's, you know, so commonly said, but, you know, when you go through really difficult times and you come through it, you come through stronger and better and with a huge and a different mindset, different right? mindset on life. And I would never, I, I wouldn't go back and change anything apart from the impact it had on my family, you know, my friends, etc., my mother, because that was really tough on them, you know. Yeah. But the actual, you know, having been through that experience and coming through now, I just feel so lucky to not only be here, but lucky to have had that experience because it really has changed my my life perspective funny uh, you were talking about your mum last night yeah and, and you were saying initially she she was wanting to blame herself like it was a genetic thing and she wanted yeah. to right isn't that lovely that's a yeah. mother i think that potentially is a mother thing like she said oh it must be something that i did or my fault or is it genes and and luckily the doctor said look it's nothing to do with genetics this is just dumb luck there's a genetic predisposition for some types of cancer definitely right. that can be triggered yeah and then there's obviously yeah and that can be and then there's these epigenetic factors which are things that are about how your body interacts with the environment that has a bigger impact and then there's things like we are known carcinogens like, you know, tobacco smoke or, right. or, or asbestos or pollutants. So, yeah. so I think, and that's what I've learned, and I've spent quite a bit of time now researching and understanding a bit more about cancer, is how incredibly complicated it is. This simple thing, we've got one word for it, cancer, but actually it's hundreds of different diseases each with different you know, and they keep ways finding new variations of cancer yeah. I mean, it just keeps coming up in different and forms. deeper understanding of how it works and even lymphoma a, itself right comes yeah. in various forms that's you, right yeah you've you got your classic say, hodgkin's lymphoma and yep. then you've got your non-hodgkin's my friend of mine once joked that uh, you know couldn't you afford the hodgkin's you had to go with the non-hodgkin's <laughs> got the cheap one the poor man's vision yeah. and then within that you've got all these different breakdowns of of it so and then within that you realize that actually the way the cells sort of talk to each other is incredible incredibly complex so i think the science is still catching up with you know we've had 200 million years of evolution for the human body or more and uh and the scientists are only now starting to really uncover oh my god oh, it's a lot more deep and rich than we than we ever even imagined before we uh, go into a little more detail on that I, yeah. I i did love the fact that they say that having a supportive partner yeah increases your chances of getting through the cancer yeah um, by 20%. That's that right. Is and that's a study has been repeated a number of times. It's, it's not just a, like, a, oh, that's a lovely fact. It's actually, you know, statistically proven that if you've got a, a husband-wife relationship or a partner, you know, strong partnership relationship, then actually your odds of, of kind of coming through are significantly increased, like statistically st significant, which is quite amazing. Well, just show you, I mean, there there is a lot that you can do in terms of your mindset. Yeah. The other thing you said last night, which is something that I say, uh, a lot is this idea of practicing being an optimist or practicing being That's right. a pessimist. I think I might have been quoting you, was I? I probably was. Uh, I, I don't. I know. should probably give you, you probably some should sort give of, me credit, uh, some, especially since I was in the room. Some royalty. No, um, no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. But I mean, it's something that I say a lot, which yeah. is whatever it is you practice, whatever attitude you wake up with every day, you practice that, you become very good. And I have yeah. met the most amazing optimists, yeah. and I've met the most incredible, like some pessimists who are so good at being negative yeah. oh i won the lottery oh everyone's gonna want money off yeah. me. 
Oh, so I'm going to have to give loans. I'm going to have right. to give another thing. Oh, this is such a hassle. But isn't it amazing? Yeah. And I say that there are, there are people that look at what's right. Yeah. And then there are people that look at what's wrong. There are people who look at what they do have and celebrate that. And yeah. then there are people that look at what they don't have and kind of get all down in the doldrums about what they... And what I love is that there's actually quite a lot of science behind this now because that sort of makes intuitive sense and it sort of feels nice when we say that, you know, you can change your mood. The reality is there's now science proving that actually you've got incredible power over your own emotions. Yes. Things like mindfulness, like practicing, you know, gratitude, et cetera, et cetera, which sound all a bit woo-woo, but sort of Southern California... Uh, actually, you know, now positive psychology would tell You're us... You're going to ask actually, me for a joint now, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Here we are in Santa yeah, Monica. Dude, I'm totally... But, you know, and so if you practice these sorts of habits, and I didn't necessarily know we, I was doing it when I was sick, but like reframing things to, to say, okay, what's the best possible outcome right now? Given what's happening to me, I could sit here and be miserable, or I could think, what could I do? Okay, I could do something like this, and that will give me a little adrenaline... And actually, psychologically and physiologically, it makes some changes to you. So there's actually science behind the fact that you can, to an extent, choose your attitude. And then when you choose your attitude, you can maximize you know, your optimism. And, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's like yeah. a muscle. It's, a, it's mastery. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're literally... Yeah. And if you, you think about it, you put in 40, 50 years of your life into becoming a real optimist. And we've yeah. all met these people. Yeah. Right? You, you, when you're surrounded by an optimist, you kind of feel like you've just been positively charged. Yeah, hopefully you get that some of that energy comes yeah. off them. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. And same with... I'm getting some, that right now from, Yeah, you from feel you. this energy I'm from me? It oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. It's like a battery charge. It's no, like... I'm telling you... Wi-Fi, wireless battery charging right I'm now. I'm here to charge you up. I feel charged from you. I mean, I, that's <laughs> why I love surround... I mean, especially as you get older, you think, well, what's the point of spending my time yeah, with, with people who just people. pull me down. Yeah, if you're that optimistic person, you can create you yes. know, opportunity and, and energy pull people, and pull, pull people, people in. in. And people like to work with people who are optimistic. Yeah. And the good news is, as I say, I've done a bit of research on this too. Is uh, yes, there's people. You know, there's definitely mental health issues, and that. So not not discounting that at all. However, the reality is also that people have a control of around about 40, 40% of their emotional uh, positivity or energy is, is within their direct control. So some of it is their circumstance, but much, much less than you'd think. You know, and, and you see these studies of people who are living in the slums of India, who've been through the concentration camps or whatever, who, who despite these despicable and horrible circumstances, are still optimists, are still positively focused, have purpose and meaning in life, etc. This whole idea that people who go through adversity yeah. end up in a better place, it, meaning it, that, that, that it's the hardships that then helps you focus on the things that are most important in life and actually help you become a better optimist. Yeah. And I think you said something, you alluded to something like this last night, like how when you when you look at something we choose how we look at it and it is and you really talk about thing. that like when when you jump into something we have control over how we see things and it's it's amazing i tell people this and, and some people go oh yeah 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 and they sort of dismiss it but it's once you really understand the power of choosing your attitude your emotion your you know your response you, you realize that actually it's a, it's a really empowering thing to do so even when you're you know, and you're really tr tricky times and, and things are tough physically or mentally, you can go, actually, I can, you know, what am I going to do to actually change my attitude right now? And that in itself, it gives you this kind of real buzz because you go, wow, I've got the power of my mind, which is pretty cool. I feel very lucky that I get to surround myself with positive people and, yeah. and yourself included. And one of the exercises that I think is really good 
Uh, I try to meditate as I'm drifting off to sleep every night. That's do you too? I do that, yeah. Yeah, just, I just try to slow everything yep. down, just slow more my thoughts down. And then what I do is I do a checklist of all the things that are good. Isn't that amazing? I do exactly the same thing. Do you really? And I often look, think about what, what today, what am I proud of that happened today? What, could I, what, what were the moments that really stood out for me during the day? And you sort of go to sleep happy because of that. Because yes. you're having this little moment of, oh, They're your last thoughts as you're drifting And they can be sleep. really simple things, you know. Or it could be, I, was, I stopped the car and let someone go in front of me. Hey, that was cool. you know, Or they can be mm-hmm. quite big things, you know. Like I managed to do this big job or complete this task. But if you, if you end your day with this gratitude. And, yes. and the other thing I do at the beginning of the day, which I, don't, I thought most people do this, but apparently they don't, is I, I look forward to things. I savor them. Mm. And I read this technique, uh, which I realize I sort of do pretty naturally, which is, it's like when you're planning a holiday, yeah? It's the same sort of concept. When you're planning a holiday, you get to enjoy that holiday three times if you're good. Yes. One is when you sit down and go, where should we go? What could we do? Think of the possibilities. And you kind of go, oh, it's great. And then you get to enjoy it when you're doing it. And then later, you get to reflect back on it. It's, yeah. If you do that sort of same pattern with almost everything in your life, you actually, your whole mind is always filled with this kind of positive emotion and optimism. And so you, if you, these practices that, you know, now through positive psychology, we know actually do really have an impact. Like they change the wiring of the brain through neuroelasticity. You've got the opportunity to actually rewire your brain through thought. Yeah. Amazingly, you know, it did sound sci-fi and a bit woo-woo, you know, a few years ago, but now we know that, has it? So you doing that and having that positive emotion flowing through you, self, you know, replicates, gets easier to do it. It's like a muscle. Here's what we don't know, David. Uh-oh. A lot, right? right? About yeah. what's going on know. in our no, bodies. we don't. Now, last night, you showed some footage yeah. of some... CAR-T, is that what they call them? CAR-T cells, yeah. CAR-T cells, okay. Yeah, so there's a there T-cells gonna... and there's a CAR version of them, so it's a CAR-T cell. Okay, yeah. and I'm going to get you to explain that because you yeah, did yeah. it very eloquently last night. But you showed some footage last night of these CAR-T cells attacking cancer cells, right? Yeah. Live, in real time. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, right? like that, they were apparently in a Petri dish, right? So I'm looking at that footage, and last night I could not stop thinking about it and I've been thinking about it all day today and wow. thinking about you and I sitting down and having this conversation. Yeah. But you realize all this stuff that's going on inside our bodies at a microscopic level, and we're only just beginning to yeah. understand it. Yeah, it was that great quote from, I think it was Isaac Newton. He said, um, as a scientist, he sometimes feels like he's, he's on the beach and he has opportunity every now and then to pick up a pebble or a piece of sand and examine it. But then when he looks out against the vast expanse of the ocean and the sea, he realizes how little we know. Right. And that was a hundred, you know, three, four hundred years ago. We're still in the same place today. Like scientists and uh, and doctors and everyone will tell you that we're learning all the time, but we're still so much we don't know. Is there somewhere we can send people to look at that footage? By yeah, the way? yeah, I can give it to you, and we can put it on. The, I'm sure you can put it on your site. Really? Can we do that? Yeah, I yeah. Want, I'll I, want, get I want people to, to sure see this. If we yeah. could put it on our website, yeah. well, maybe what I could do is I could. I could put it on up on my Instagram yeah. and share it with people. And, and I yeah. want people to see this. Yeah. All right. So let me see if I was paying attention to what okay, you said good. last night. I'll, okay. I'll mark you. Hang on. Okay. I've got score. So when we all have, a te- apparently we all have these cancer cells in us, in our bodies. Well, basically we all have cells in our bodies and cancer cells are just when cells divide, which right. happens every moment of every, you know, every second, billions of cells are dividing because that's just what they do. And sometimes when they divide, they don't quite copy properly. It's like a photocopier that didn't quite make the right copy. Right. And that shouldn't be worried about either because that's how we evolve as humans. You know, things change. We call them mutations, but that sounds a bit, you know. Ugh. Okay. So let me say it this way. Yeah. We all have the potential to have cancer cells. Correct. And most of us 
have the ability to then attack those cancer cells yep. with our happy cells, our cells that we want that go in there and say, hey, dude, you don't belong here. Sorry, boom, yeah. you're annihilated, you're out. Yeah, most of the time, if something goes wrong in the copying process, the body just says, oh, that's not quite right. You're not quite right. Of it. Yeah, gets yeah, rid and, of it. And, it. and it just happens without us even knowing. Okay, know? and where it goes wrong is when those cancer cells maybe go unrecognized they or they sort of gang up. They could do it in a certain up. way, exactly. They could just, just replicate and mutate in a certain way, like you know, two genes switch around by mistake or whatever, and the body just doesn't quite realize that that's not, not right. right. And then and that then thing they, is free to keep growing unchecked. And it does ominous things. I'll, and, I'll make some ominous music while you do Yeah, ominous music. And it does ominous things. And then horrible things happen. We end up with tumors yeah. and we end up with horrible things happening right. in the body. Yep. And then the body at that point it, it, but even if it does now recognize what's going on, it's too weak to do anything. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in my particular cancer lymphoma, um, is it lymphoma is, a, is a, the lymphocytes, which is part of the white blood cells we colloquially call Which them. basically cleans up all the... Which is the just going around your body, body all the time, and just, cleaning just things your up. your immune system, it's cleaning things all the time. Yep. And this, this particular uh, cell would have divided and it would divide in a certain way that became lymphoma. And this lymphoma... It just looks like a real cell, but it's a bit weird and it doesn't quite, it replicates way too quickly. It doesn't quite do its job because it's not, it's not sort of um, set up correctly to do it. But the body just doesn't realize that that's not behaving right. You yes. know? And the body's just ignoring it. And so in the CAR T cell therapy, the idea, well, the, the theory here is, could we just train, instead of nuking or you know cutting it out or trying to radiate it, could we just train the body to realize that that thing over there that you think, okay, actually isn't. It's, you know, it's something gone wrong with it. So you're giving your cells, basically, you're imparting some knowledge to your cells and saying, hey guys, that thing that you don't recognize over yeah. there, we want you to recognize it and here are the tools to be able to That's do right. that. That's right, it's almost like giving it a picture. Like here's a photo of a bad cell and Ooh, now that you've got it's it. It's like a most wanted poster yeah, goes see, up. That'd be cool. Yeah. Someone, they're posting little most wanted Most pictures. wanted Mr. Yeah. Cancer Cell looks like this, like get this. rid of when him. When to see him, you know, we want it dead or alive, but probably Re dead, Reward actually. dead or, no, That's yeah, right. reward dead only. Dead only, yeah, dead exactly only. right. You, that does, you didn't see that on posters. It was never a very common thing on a no. poster. But anyway, <laughs> but that's what it does. So basically you're teaching the cell. And the way you teach that, that the immune cell, so basically yeah. inside your body you've got these things called T-cells. Yes. And the T-cells are, I think of like the, the Pac-Men. You know, they're going around and they're just kind of gobbling and up. And they're going... Bum, 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 yeah, bum, bum, yeah. Bum, bum, and they're just, not, most of the time they're just patrolling the body. When you get an infection like a flu or a cold or you cut yourself or something, the T-cells go, oh, we're going to do something and they get around. And that's why you get a sniffly nose because that's actually the T cells expanding and mm -hmm. creating what are called cytokines. But anyway, um, so that, so when you so could we take those T cells and just give them the most wanted poster, and then right. they'll go, okay, oh that thing over there, I, I now recognise it. Okay, now in order to do that, they have to take all those T cells out of your body. Is yep. that correct? Yeah, not all. They just took some. Take out. some. Yeah, yep. So yep. they take some. They did this with you. They yep. took some of these out of your body. Yeah. And then you showed us last night a. A small vial of, 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 of a mixture of your T cells that had then got these CAR T. That's right. Programs they've taken on. these T cells and they genetically re engineer the T cell. They right. just insert a new gene and say, which is like the, the little poster that says, look, here's the, here's the pattern you're looking for. If yep. you find this pattern, it's, Please the, kill it's it. the bad cell. Please kill it. Yep. So they do that with genetic uh, modification, which I know sounds really science fiction and a bit weird, but actually is, you know, these days we, we understand a little bit how to do this. And then they replicate those cells in, the, in a lab and then they put them back in. And as you saw, it was this tiny, tiny little vial. And you were looking at essentially what 
on the market, open market, was going to cost a million dollars. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I was, I was pointing out last night that car T cells, uh, as of this, as of today, the second most expensive substance in the known universe, next to next to antimatter. Antimatter, which is so creating antimatter is very expensive. Creating car T cells is nearly as expensive, which is why this was going to you know for a, for a, such a tiny amount per per cell. Uh, you know, it's billions and billions of dollars worth of, of sort of research and science has gone into this. So, okay. Yeah. So last night you show this, you show what cost essentially a million dollars. Yep. This is then put into your body. Yep. Now your, your cells are ready to go to work. They know what, they know what they're looking for. That's right. And armed up and in, and wasn't it something like three weeks after they went into your body? It was that it starts basically. It's almost immediately. It's like it's like you're getting a cold, and the, and the cells just sort of recognise. And then when they recognise the, the the most wanted poster, they start replicating. They start creating copies of the of the of themselves and say, right, we've got to get a bit of an army because we're going to attack this thing. And that takes about a week, week eight days or something like that. And after about eight days, I felt like I got a flu or a cold. It's really ironically, given the title of my book is a mild touch of the of the cancer. But it was a, it felt like a mild touch of the flu, like a sniffly nose and slight temperature and you know achy joints and all that normal flu stuff. Because that's the immune system working. Yeah. And and it went to work and it worked very well. Yeah. The little Pac-Man are running around eating and, up the bad cells. And you get a scan and the doctor says to you, "Hey, David, great news. Yeah. Our little guys went to work. That's they did right. their thing. You're in complete remission. They told and, me. And they took they took those cancer cells out. That's right. We're gonna yeah. cheers on that one. Eh? Let's yeah. have a little cheers. I, on that. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep cheers. Cheers. Nice. Good cheers to see. That's good. Good. good to see you alive. Now it does beg the question. Yes. You were left with no options in New Zealand. You yeah. had to come all the way over to America to where there was this cutting edge. That's right. In technology Boston. Yep. in Boston taking place. You're one of the test patients. It works for you. It works for your particular type of lymphoma. Yep. Since you've had your treatment, which was... 18 months ago, so uh, 2018. Okay. Is this more readily available to more people who are suffering from cancer? It is, is the great news. It's getting more and more because it's having such great impact and results that, first of all, you know, the FDA here in America has approved two treatments for mainstream, They've only, you know, only fairly recently. Um, they're doing more clinical trials. The scientists are doing more clinical trials on different types of cancer, saying, oh, it works for lymphoma, it works for leukemia. Could we get it to work for breast cancer or So they've taken cancer? that same approach yeah. to see whether it would work on different types of cancer. Because Correct. as you said, there are so many different types of cancer and just because this approach worked for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for everybody who but it, have lymph. It shows that there's a new way of working and treating cancer that we hadn't thought of before. So a know, new that, door has opened. Exactly. It's a whole new approach. So it used to have cut, burn, and poison, yep. you know, radiation, uh, surgery, uh, and chemotherapy. And now we've got this fourth thing, immune therapy, which is, t you know, retraining the body's immune system. And that's been only, that's, I mean, work's been going on in this area for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years maybe. But actually, we're seeing now the results of this incredible work coming to actual, you know, benefit of, of patients out there now. So, so really exciting time. One doctor described it to me as like the um, the penicillin moment. He said, like, "It's that significant, it's that significant. in the medical history. In the medical history, it's like we'll be when we look back, you know, two hundred years from now, we'll say that was the time when we actually just started a whole new way of understanding the body, and and we had a new vista opened up to us in terms of treatment options." 
So it's very exciting. It makes me feel like so, I, I mean, like I want to get into medicine and yeah, start it's being cool. a pioneer. When you talk to these doctors, <laughs> they really are like almost giddy with excitement. Like, so well, my, the, my this, we've got a whole new toolkit. It's like someone gave us a new toolkit. Suddenly we can do a whole lot of new things because we've got these new techniques to try. How cool is that? Yeah, and you cool. are alive because of the amazing work that some scientists are doing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, people say, why do we need... Why do we need to fund more science in school? And why do why we need, do we need to, to do that? I know. And, and, and then you realize we need more brains to be focused on making our lives better. We do. Yeah. And, we, and, and people are learning so much all the time. I have to read you a little quote from my book. Can I read you this? Oh, one, of my, one of my friends, my great friend John, who sent me this. The day that I was getting these cells back in, he, wanted, he said, I want to send you a text today with a big bundle of love and a love backpack. It's the sort of thing he says. It's a bit weird. Anyway, yeah. he says, um, I guess the procedure might seem like an anticlimax, but I know that those few, few milliliters of cells are teeming with angry cells, each one bristling with the cumulative work of generations of lifetimes of science. The millions of insights assembled to bring this liquid to your veins, just as beautiful and unlikely as space travel. And each of those cells understands its mission like a raindrop understands down. Don't you think that's cool? Yeah. This idea that we have just harnessed the body, which we know so little about. Yeah. In a way that, you know, it feels almost, uh, it feels like science fiction, like space travel, like John was saying. But actually, we've managed to make a little breakthrough there. It does make you wonder where else we can go inside the body and what else we can do inside the body. Yeah. And the idea that we can have little micro cameras and. I mean, a little bit like Inner Space, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Or but, Jules Verne had, you know, stories about little tiny submarines yes. going around your, your blood, etc. Like that. I mean, it sounds so far fetched, but quite yeah. frankly, when I saw that footage, I thought, well, that's kind of what we were looking at, isn't it? I mean, th th that little cell. That's right. It looks like it's got a little, as a mind of its own. It looks like a sentient being that's wandering around and finding and then latching on and sending signals, etc. And the complexity of that is incredible. The intelligence, mm. you know, what what is telling it to do that? That part of it blows my mind. I can't get my head around it. Yeah, and you know, it comes down to like some fundamental chemistry and fundamental physics. And this is why science is so incredible because it starts at the fundamentals and works its way up to these right. really sophisticated things. But actually it's chemical signals going between cells. It's electrical attractions. It's all sort of millions and millions of little tiny interactions that are happening all at once. It, it, you know, we, we think of a brain giving signals to tell you to yeah. lift a glass of Pinot Noir up okay, and drink then it. Okay, I will. Thank you. Cheers. Go on, your brain. Time. That's great. Um, Make the brain do that again more yeah, often. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a wee commercial break while we commercial listen break. to our brains. This one's sponsored by Matua Vineyards. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but then the idea that those things are happening and you wonder, well, where's the brain for that? Like yeah. you said, like... You know, why does a flower open up and why does, you know, where yeah, why does, does the that raindrop come from? drop? You know, it's amazing. All yeah. of that comes from. It's, yeah. it's incredible. We yeah. are lucky that we live in such a complex and beautiful world. You, you also say in your book, I don't think it was always there. Experiences and training throughout my life have developed it. This is where you're talking about, you know, being part of your yeah, rescue. Yeah. I know it's a muscle I can use and exercise and it gets stronger. It absolutely does. It's like we were talking about earlier. You know how you, you know, a physical muscle, many people will know that to build muscle, you need to stress and de-stress and stress and de-stress and practice and yep. practice. It's the same with your mental attitude. You know, you have the ability to, to test yourself and to practice and to grow. And, uh, and there's certain triggers you can use too. I mean, I use triggers, for example, of music sometimes. If I really don't feel great, I put on certain music that just makes me feel you know fantastic what's your go-to i it's, gotta feel good music it's very gotta... hard to this is, you're gonna laugh don't laugh at me okay do you promise no let me let me guess is uh -oh. it wham 
Oh no, but no. actually, uh, Wayne would be one of them. There's a, uh, there's a whole class of them. But Wayne really? would be up there. Is it, yeah. is it embarrassing? No, it's not embarrassing. It is. Um, there's a band called the Wellington International Ukulele Orchestra. <laughs> okay, I know. Yeah, which, I've heard yeah they're about great. Them. And they actually, uh, it's funny you should you're say laughing this. at me. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because when you hear ukulele orchestra, you think, I know, you know, it's you know, great. And I but love it. No, no, but they're amazing. Uh, we, we we were doing a show for Smithsonian, and we were actually looking to have them on as guests. Oh, they weren't yeah. they weren't available at the time, but, but I yeah. Just think it's cool like it's impossible to feel uh anywhere down in the dumps when you've got well, people incredibly seriously playing ukuleles you know yeah. playing is it amazing. ukuleles or ukuleles I'm, I'm saying it properly okay you know because right. you know, i'm in america yeah, I and that's but you know they they play these beautiful songs very complex songs and they play them on these little tiny instruments and i just love it so yeah i, I put that and it on puts always, you in a good mood always cheers me up yep and puts a big smile oh, on Wham your face. Oh, Wham also is up there too now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're only saying that because you look like you came out of a boy band, don't you? Hey, really? Yeah, yeah. You, I've always thought well, that. I you, did. That was your missed opportunity Yeah, in life, back right? in the day. Back in the day <laughs> when, I, when I had the vanilla ice haircut and the, the whole thing. Um, so in... In the end, I mean, I know you originally were told, oh, I got a, I got a $1,000 bill to pay. In the end, can I be so bold as yeah. to ask you what this treatment ended up costing? Yeah, it cost about, in US dollars, about 300000 so, so far, can by the I way, ask still how going. you got the discount? Because <laughs> this would be valuable knowledge I'm for good, people. I'm good. I'm a good negotiator. You are. No, I'm not. I'm not that good at negotiation. Part of it was negotiation. Yes. Okay. Part of it. Uh, the big part of it, though, was I was incredibly lucky that I didn't have all those side effects that uh. I could potentially have. When you go into a clinical trial, they don't really know what's going to happen. Like you could be in an ICU for a mm. week. You could you could have all sorts of extra complications. And I was lucky to have virtually none of that. So. The kind of price they first gave me was the worst case scenario. I see. And I managed to kind of not have to not have to pay that. Yeah. And then in, back in New Zealand, is this treatment? I mean, because for those people who don't know, uh, New Zealand is way down at the bottom of the world. <laughs> Check uh, the map. But, but on the cutting edge of a lot of different things. Yeah. And it seems like New Zealand would be the perfect place to continue the development of all of this. Yeah. Is that the case? That is the case. Thank you. Yeah. That, uh, we, first, yeah, New Zealand is a great test bed market and it's a great, it's a very, we're a very small country, 5 million people, reasonable size of land, you know, it's like the size of California and Oregon. Um, and it's a great place for testing things out. And we've got, uh, you know, world changing uh, science and, and innovation that comes out of there, including in this area of CAR T cell therapy, where there happens to be a cancer research institute, which happens to be working in immunology and has all the right people and ingredients for success. And is this uh, something that you are now involved with because of the, as a result of what, what I'm, you've Thank you for your leading question. Uh, it's very good. It's steering me in the right direction. Yes, yep. no, this institute is called the Maligan Institute. So when I went back to New Zealand, I think pretty much after I saw you last, it was almost literally then, they asked me if I would if I would help them you know, promote the work they're doing. And they've got great international science connections and they're very, very good at the science. Uh, but they need someone like me to maybe come out there and tell tell their story. So I go around, particularly around New Zealand, uh, doing speeches on their behalf and talking about this CAR T cell stuff, and you know, just kind of and getting people enthusiastic and trying to raise some money for them because. Uh, like all researchers, they have to spend a lot of money. You know, it costs a lot to do this sort of lab work, etc. So, I spend a reasonable portion of my time now raising money for cancer research. You were telling a funny story last night. Where you were saying you were speaking to somebody about research in America, 
And uh, you said, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in New Zealand. I'm involved in helping to raise funds for the research in New Zealand. And we're looking to raise uh, $10 million. And, and the guy went, oh, 10, 10 million. Yeah, you, you, said mean, you misspoke there. Yeah. You mean 10 billion, don't you? <laughs> right? I said, no, no, they can really do it with 10 million. Like we, we are used to doing things on the cheap. And, and not on the cheap as in it's poor quality. It's just like the default condition is that right. you do things cheaply. There's a great um, New Zealand uh, scientist called... Ernest Rutherford, who split yes. the atom. And as you Let's say it at the same time. Yeah, he said, we, we didn't have, have money, money, so, so we, we had, had to think. think. <laughs> That's right, we got it. Yeah, baby. Well, that's a great quote. I mean, it's not always, it's a very simplistic version of life. But the reality is when you live on a tiny island at the bottom of the ocean, a long way from anything, you better be good at working things out for yourself. The saying in New Zealand is, and we all heard it as kids growing up, you can fix anything with a piece of number eight wire, which is that New Zealand mentality. That's right. And explain to people who don't know, what is number eight wire? Right. Okay. So basically, if you're in the farms of the early 19th century, so the late 1800s, wire was, you know, fencing wire was used around the farm. Number eight was just the gauge, so the thickness of wire. The thickness of the wire. And and it became this idea that, you know, if your tractor breaks down or your fence is broken, whatever, you can just kind of grab a bit of wire and kind of, you know, make it work. And and. And through that mentality of just fixing things with what you have at hand yes. came this sort of phrase, num- you can fix anything with a piece of number eight wire. And, and who in New Zealand has not seen the most incredible things fixed with a piece of number That's eight right. wire? That's right. You can use Two it for examples, a... Two examples. Oh, you go. Yeah, you yep. can use it for a belt yes. if you want to. You can. You, I remember once a friend of mine, we were on a hike. Yeah. Lost his shoelace. It, it, well, his shoelace broke and then half of it sort of ripped out. Perfect piece, use of number case. Eight, piece of number eight That's wire right. ran out to That's make shoelaces. Right. And then once my dad had a Land Rover, door wouldn't close properly. Yeah. So what do you do? Piece of number eight wire. wire. It up. That's Just right. Just tie the door to, you know, onto the It used to be thing. when the aerial broke on your car, when you had to have aerials in the bad old days. Yes. When they broke, you stick a bit of wire down there and it sort of works good enough. And coat yeah, hanger yeah. is also good, but that's not gauge. That's it's right, not an eight that's gauge. Right, that's right. It's that's not right. good. Going back to your point about the fact that this, this organization in New Zealand, the Maligan Institute, can do the same sort of fundamental science research, can commercialize, take these things to market for a yeah. fraction of the price. Yeah. And that goes back to that concept that actually we've, we, we typically have multi-skill sets. You know, because we're a small country, you learn to do three or four things. Like, yes. you're not just a presenter. You can also, you know, look good on I a can also cook. cover. You can cook. Oh, I can cook. You can do podcasts. Yeah. You know, that's, that, you end up with not a specialty, but you end up with a set of skills. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I love about uh, that the, the culture in New Zealand is that you're encouraged to, like, just give everything a go. Yeah. And, and the most resourceful people I've found in the world are the ones that are the most isolated from the fix-it. Meaning, yeah. you know, one of the reasons that New Zealanders, I think, became so resourceful is just because of isolation. Because it took so long to get anything. Isolation and necessity that comes with it. Because, yeah, uh, yeah you, you basically have, you've only got what you've got at hand. If you're hungry, you better work out how you're going to eat. Yeah. You know, so you end up with this, this dual impact. And necessity is the mother of invention. Yep. Uh, Forces you know. to think Forces when you, you don't to think have differently. to. differently, yeah. Uh, David, I want to do, I do want to cover uh, something that you said in your speech last night, which was really cool. You handed yeah, out yeah. these these cards and um or as we say in new zealand cards um you handed out these cards playing cards and um they're called cancer cards and yeah. uh I, I wanted you to explain to me what a cancer card is i have oh, one you have one there cool yeah. oh, cool well it's basically when i first got sick i realized that one of the first benefits i noticed was that people were really nice to me 
Hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden people were saying, oh, do you need something? Can I do something for you? Because you had cancer. Yeah, because they were maybe they were feeling guilty that I had it and they didn't or whatever. But they were just really nice. And I thought, this is quite nice. And then after a while, I, in my Machiavellian way, I thought, oh, I could probably use this. this you is took advantage useful. of people. I, why not? Yes. I mean, I'm not above a little bit of that. Yeah, and, and you took advantage of your son too, I did. You? Well, I, my son, you know, I'd say to him, you know, I can't help you with your homework because I've got cancer. <laughs> and then I'd say, Catherine, my wife, I can't go and visit your mother because I've got cancer. <laughs> yeah. And people go, oh, there's David playing. Playing the cancer card. He's always playing the cancer card. And didn't you say to your son, um, can you please go mow the lawns? Because exactly. I'm I've playing my cancer card. card. And then I had, and my friends at work were, were so amazing. They made me this set of cancer cards. So they look like playing cards, but they've got little funny slogans on them. And on the back, it says it's the cancer card. And I actually, I had a whole pile of them. I used to, you know, be able to play them and... My son, actually, the price went up after a while. He realized what was going on. He said, I'm going to take two cards to mow the lawns this week. Yeah. It's just like inflation was sitting in. So, um, yeah. And so now I've made a whole lot of these cancer cards and I give them to other cancer patients. You and, can't you know, play the card anymore, David. I know. I'm you not allowed play? to play. No, you're not allowed to play And I hope anymore. you never have to play it in, its, in seriousness. But, uh, but it just makes, allows people to have a bit of fun, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, make fun of the fact. Because when you're, again, it's making... This whole thing of cancer can be a very victim-y thing, you, you know, yeah. and some people react, you know, and I you know, empathize with them. But I was the sort of person that wanted to actually be in more in control. So being able to do that, even when I was really sick in hospital, I would pl- I could grab out my cancer card and everyone would have a smile or a laugh, you know. And that was just my way of saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not letting this thing beat me. That's what's amazing about you, David. Mm-hmm. You've, you've, you've found a way to stay positive through adversity. Thank and you. it's great to see the smile still on your face. Great to still see you alive. It's great to share a Pinot Noir with you. Very nice. Thank I, you. I hope you keep telling wonderful stories and sharing all, Thank you know, you. all the will. wonderful inspiration. We should have one more one cheers. One more cheers. Thank you so much for and, having me on the on the bucket again. It's yes. been wonderful to be here. And you're going to be on New, Air New Zealand uh, at 9.30 tonight, flying back across the yes. world's largest ocean, the Pacific Ocean. For the 11th time in, in the, the last, last 18, 18 months. months. That's right, yes. yeah. And it still goes on. Uh, yeah, I, my carbon footprint's not great, so don't follow me in that particular direction. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to see you, Cheers. David, and uh, please visit any time. And I understand you stayed in a bed, uh, Airbnb. Next time you can stay here. Thank you very much. Very yeah. nice. That's good. And apparently you cook, so that's even better. Yeah, I'm looking forward better. to it. Right, actually. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. To see more great interviews, go to philcogan.com and subscribe to Bucket with Phil Cogan wherever you get your podcasts. Please consider rating and reviewing us and follow Bucket that's Bucket with an I-T, on Instagram and Facebook. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Phil Kogan. Don't forget to go to BucketNutrition.com and use our special promo code, Bucket10, that's Bucket with an I-T, to get a 10% discount. Great-tasting, high-performance nutrition to help you take it before you kick it.